You're listening to The Powerhouse Musician, a podcast for classical musicians to hone the business skills we need to thrive in today's classical music scene. I'm Rebecca Lane, your music studio and business coach, owner and director of the Lane School of Music and Rebecca Lane Coaching. So buckle up, let's turn you into a powerhouse musician. Welcome to another episode of The Powerhouse Musician. I am your host, Rebecca Lane, and today we are talking about procrastination because this is something that every single person on planet Earth suffers from and deals with and struggles with, and I am certainly included in that category. What I have learned over the years, though, is that my procrastination is actually giving me some really important data. I'm going to share with you today what that data is. What is your procrastination telling you? Because there is some really juicy little bits, some nuggets of information in there that's going to really help you move forward if you can figure out why you're not moving forward. Yeah, the answer is in the question, right? So it's basically we're going to look at procrastination. We're going to figure out why we're doing it, and that's going to help us break through those issues because procrastination is really common. I'm going to give you some examples of some things that I have, I procrastinated significantly in doing. And here's the thing about procrastination. Sometimes we don't even know that we're doing it. We're putting something off. It keeps getting stuck to the bottom of the to-do list. And we don't even notice that it's been sitting there for months on end. And it's not often until after the fact, when you actually do it or you cross it off the list, finally, or you decide you're not going to do it, that you look back and you're like, Why did I wait so long to do that? Clearly, that needed to be done or not done. Clearly, that decision needed to be made. Why did I wait so long to do it? And it's not until after we've made the choice to either complete the task or not do the task that we realize we've been putting it off for so long and and how ridiculous and how much brain power that took up and just how silly we've been about the whole thing. There's so much data in going back and unearthing why we put it off for so long. And we're going to, we're going to dig into that today. So there are three reasons. There are many reasons, but there are three core reasons why we procrastinate. And the first one is we don't actually want to do it. Right. So when I think about something that I put off for years and I knew that I needed to do this, but music school was growing rapidly. And I knew that at a certain point, I would need to stop teaching in order to grow my music school to the place where I wanted it to be. I knew that I wanted my music school to be a certain size, at least in the short future, the the short term. But I didn't want to eliminate things from my life in order to allow that growth to happen. And one of the things that I was holding on to was the teaching of my students, my own private students. And the reason was obvious. I really like teaching. It's really fun. I really liked my students. I liked seeing them every week. I liked seeing their parents every week. You know, parents of our students often become sort of our friends, really, or maybe they are actually friends, but they're they're sort of functional friends, at least because we see them often enough that we have like a regular check-in with them. You know kind of the intimate details of what's going on in their family, and they know what's going on in your family and in your life. And so often stopping teaching comes with this, you know, fear of losing those relationships. And I didn't actually want to lose those relationships. I didn't actually want to stop teaching because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed those people. 
So I kept avoiding doing it. I kept avoiding saying no. I kept avoiding making that decision. And every year when we would get into pre-registration season, so into the spring, and I had to make that decision, I would leave it to the last minute, which is really typical, right? That's the procrastination until it was too late. I couldn't make that decision anymore. I would have had to tell my students months earlier and prepare them and prepare all of these things for them. And I hadn't done it. So now it was impossible. And I was stuck for another year of teaching. Procrastination happens because we don't actually want to do the thing. Because there's a choice involved that we don't want to have to make, right? There's a decision pending and we have to decide, do I want to move forward with this or do I not want to do it? And we have to decide. And often the procrastination is just deferring. It's avoiding saying no to something, right? It's avoiding cutting something off, cutting something out. And so we leave it to the last minute. So then you have no choice, right? Either, you know, you, you have to do the thing because you didn't like for me stopping teaching. I had to keep teaching because I hadn't made the decision soon enough. So I had to just keep going. I procrastinated long enough that the decision was made for me. So I avoided making that difficult decision. Or sometimes it means that you actually can't do the thing anymore. So you left it so late or we've left it so late that doing the item, the task, whatever it is, is now impossible to do. So another example would be I needed to incorporate my business. This was several years ago. And in Canada, we use the verbiage, you know, you can have your business incorporated or you can be a sole proprietor. The verbiage is a little bit different in every country, but I'm in Canada and that's what we call it, especially in Ontario. So I was a sole proprietor, which meant that I owned the business in its entirety. And when it, when I was filing taxes, all of my business expenses were included in my personal expenses and all of my personal income included the income that the school was bringing in. I was the sole proprietor. And there's nothing illegal about doing it like that. It's just not set up very well. That's not the best way of doing it. And especially if you want to scale your music school, incorporating and making it a proper business, its own entity is something necessary that we need to do at some point to make it sort of legitimate and to make it possible to apply for funding and grants and financing and things if you need it and to get certain tax credits and all of that stuff. Getting our money organized as a business could only really happen, separating bank accounts, all of those things. Getting money organized as a business could only happen if I incorporated the business. And every year I knew that I needed to do this. And so every spring when it was time to file taxes, I was like, oh, but I still haven't, I haven't incorporated yet. So I guess I'm filing taxes again as a sole proprietor. This is still my business. It's still an entity of myself instead of its own entity. I waited so long to do it that it became impossible to do it. The decision was made for me. Okay, so sometimes we're, we're trying to avoid doing something so we leave it to the last minute so that we don't have to do that thing. And it just becomes so late that, you know, getting it done in time is now not possible or really stressful sometimes as well. Okay, that's item number one. We procrastinate because we don't actually want to do it, which is kind of obvious, right? Obviously, we don't want to do the thing if we aren't doing the thing. So it's on the list. Our priorities are not aligned with what we put on the list. We are not acting in integrity with ourselves and we're procrastinating, okay? And it's causing all these other problems. But the reason that I, the thing that I wanna focus our attention on right now is that that thing that's been sitting at the bottom of your list that you know you need to do, you don't actually wanna do it. 
And I want you to dig into why you don't actually want to do it. Number two, the second reason why we procrastinate is connected to that. The reason why you don't want to do it is because you're going to have to grow in some way. You're going to have to learn something. You're going to have to do something new. You're going to have to go into uncomfortable territory. You're going to have to be really, really uncomfortable with what is about to happen. If you do that thing, it will have these implications that you do not like. And you will have to learn new skills that maybe you do not want. Okay, so... Sometimes the task at hand that we're procrastinating doing is not difficult. It's just boring and tedious and monotonous, and it requires patience. And the task that needs to be done is demanding that we grow in patience or integrity or in this way that like we're just not interested in growing it. I'll give you an example. A colleague of mine needed to write a business plan so that she could apply for a grant from the government. This was not in the music lesson industry. This was a totally different kind of business, different business model, everything. But she knew that there was funding and financing available for her from the government because of the industry that she worked in and that her business was in. But in order to get that financing, she would have to do this business plan. And the business plan was not difficult to do. She knew how to do it. It was just not very interesting. And so we talked at length about why she was procrastinating on this particular task. And part of it just came down to the fact that it was boring. She didn't want to do it. And she was going to have to like put her nose to the grind and do something that she didn't feel was very interesting in order to get it done. So it just kept getting pushed to the bottom of the list because she was going to have to grow in patience and in motivation and in stick-to-itiveness. And all of that stuff, stick to itiveness, is that really what it's called? She was going to have to stick to it to get it done. And she didn't want to. That was a way that she didn't feel like growing in that moment. And so as we worked through it, she realized she did really want it. She did, really, you know, she, you know, we worked through it and she got the business plan done. She submitted it and all that stuff. But she knew that she was going to have to learn more patience, more grit. She was going to have to do a higher level of like adulting of professionalism. And she just didn't feel like it in that moment. And that's totally understandable. I think a lot of us feel like that a lot of the time, that adulting and up-leveling sometimes isn't what we want. It's what we say we want. But in order to get to that place, we have to be like more responsible and we have to be more careful and thoughtful. And we can't just run by the seat of our pants. We have to make plans, right? Fly by the seat of our pants, I think is the expression. So we have to grow in some way. We have to learn something new. We have to get uncomfortable. And sometimes that's why we procrastinate. That new skill is not interesting to us. And so we don't want to do it because that kind of growing is not interesting. And usually that's exactly the place where we need to grow. Usually if we're putting something off because we need to have more integrity or we need to have more patience or grit, Usually that's exactly what we need to get to the next level in our business. But we put it off because we don't feel like growing in that way. So your procrastination of that task is actually pointing to the area of your mindset that you need to work on. Okay? So reason number one for procrastination, you don't actually want to do it. And sometimes that means just like cross it off a list. It's not really a priority. Just, just don't do it. It's fine. You don't have to do everything. But if you do want to do it, and you know that you should do it, 
you might be procrastinating because it's actually calling on you to grow in an area that you don't feel like growing. Okay. Reason number three, and this is the biggie. This is the big one. This is why we really and truly procrastinate, I believe. It's not because of the actual task. So for me, it wasn't about incorporating. Incor- what, what difference does it make, really? It wasn't about growing. Of course, I want to grow. Of course, I want to learn how to you know, become an incorporated business. And I knew it wasn't even that hard. And I knew it wasn't even that expensive. For me, though, number three, it was the fear of what happens next. And this is huge. Because what happens next is either you do that thing, you incorporate your music studio, or you stop teaching fully or whatever you end your, you know, you pass your students on to someone else so that you can just run your studio. We worry that if we do that thing, it will have one of two results and both are terrifying. Number one, what if I do this thing? What if I incorporate my business and I up-level in this way and then my business fails? Then what? Or what happens if I do this thing? What happens if I stop teaching? And this is even bigger, actually, than failure because the fear of failure is huge, right? We all fear failure. That's normal. But what we often forget is sometimes the next step after we do the thing, after we have that conversation with our students and say, I'm not going to be teaching next year. This other wonderful teacher is going to be teaching you instead at my music school, of which I will now be the director solely. We fear that if we do that thing, it will work. And then we'll have to grow even more in ways that we haven't even thought about yet. That's the fear of success. If I do this thing and it works, that's actually the most, for me, that's the most terrifying. If I'm being totally honest with myself, that is the most terrifying outcome. What if I do this and it works? And I know all of the motivational speakers on Instagram will say, what if you, what if everything works out, right? There's like that popular audio. What if everything works out for you? And it's like, yeah, what if it does? And I have to become this bigger person and I have to lead this bigger music school and I have to be this like, you know, thing. I have to like grow in all of these ways that no one has taught me. No one knows what they are and there's no handbook for it. What if I have to grow in that way and I don't even know what that way is? It's like fear of unknown. Success is unknown, right? Bigger success is unknown if you haven't reached it before. So of course it's terrifying. Fear of failure is very common. And we commonly talk about it. If you're parents, if you're a teacher, we talk about it with kids all the time. Yes, you know, of course we're afraid that, of course you're nervous about going up on stage and performing and it not working out and not being your best. That's a very normal feeling. It means that you care. It means that you're trying to do your best. This is what we tell people, right? Your fear of failure is perfectly normal and natural, and actually it's a good thing. And that is true. But what we don't talk about very often is the fear of success. What happens if I do this? What happens if I go up on stage, if a student goes up on stage or me as a performer, if I go up on stage and I play my brains out and it sounds amazing and it's like, successful in my eyes, what are the implications of that? Then I have to do it again. Then people are counting on me to be able to replicate that. Then, you know, if I fall flat on my face the time after that, it's going to feel even worse, right? The fear of success is 
terrifying and it's not talked about enough. And I think that this is one of the core reasons why we procrastinate sometimes in doing very, very tiny and menial tasks that mean almost nothing. But we know that that task, the completion of it, the submission of the business plan, the conversation with your students that you're not coming back to teaching, the writing of an, you're just writing an email probably. You're just having a conversation. They're not going to like walk out on you. It's going to be okay. But we know that that puts us in a new category of expectations for us that we're then expected to operate at this higher level of success. And that is terrifying. But I'm here to say that every single time that I've made that jump and I've done it, the next step has always been very clear. So I think what I'm trying to say is when we have that, I thought when I, when I had that conversation with my students and I've coached a few people through this, actually, how to have that conversation with your students that you're not going to be teaching them next year that you're just going to be leading your music studio and you're not teaching and someone else that you've hired is going to come in and teach them. We all think that that conversation is going to be so painful that all of the students are going to be like, this is terrible. The only reason we've been staying in music lessons this long is because of you. And if you can't be our teacher, we all quit, every single one of us. And they'll storm out of our studios furious or something. I think that's what we're thinking is going to happen. But actually, when you do it, it's much easier Everyone is totally understanding and supportive. And what actually happens is things start to grow and flourish even more because you have the time and space to commit to growing your music studio instead of just being one of the teachers in it. Okay. You have the ability to step into that leadership role because you've made that decision. And really what we're talking about it's an email to them. It's a conversation with them in their lessons. And these are people that know and love you. They're going to support you no matter what. Or we're talking about incorporating. It's like an email to a lawyer or like figuring out how to do it online. In Ontario, you can incorporate yourself online. It's not hard. It's not even expensive. It's like a hundred bucks or something. It's not a lot. And it's not difficult for anyone who knows, you know, who's gone through music school and has a degree or two under their belt and play Beethoven sonatas. You can incorporate your business. You're not procrastinating on that because it's difficult. You're procrastinating on that because you're afraid of what you do. Then you actually have to have a business, right? You don't want to file taxes with no profit or no, you know, revenue. And so we're terrified of making that thing happen and it not working out or making that thing happen. And then all of the implications that come after that from success. And that's a different conversation that we're not going to have today. But the fear of success comes with the fear of people abandoning us because we're too successful. Like, I'm going to lose all my friends. My partner's going to leave. They agreed to this amount of success, not a higher level. And so, you know, the relationship will suffer because I am successful in whatever way. So the fear of success comes with all of these different implications. I don't know how to manage that much money. I don't even know what I would do with that much. All of that stuff. That's all fear of success. And that is the underlying reason for most of us why we procrastinate on doing the silliest and simplest of things. And the sooner you can identify what it is for you and the deeper you can go, figure out what would happen if I did this thing? What would be the bad, the, the worst case scenario? What would, you know, how does this play into my fear of failure? 
And how does this play into my fear of success? If you can answer those two questions about any task that you are procrastinating on doing, then my friend, you will be able to do that task with ease because you will see exactly what you're afraid of and you'll be able to face it and then work through it. That is, I think, the main reason why we procrastinate. I am curious to hear your comments. I would love to hear them. Connect with me on Instagram or on Facebook at Rebecca Lane Coach. Let me know what you're procrastinating in doing and why. I would love to chat with you about it more and help you work through those things. So I look forward to connecting with you and I look forward to seeing you crushing your goals as the powerhouse musician that you are because you can now move forward without procrastinating. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Powerhouse Musician. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think will love it. To meet more powerhouse musicians like yourself, join my free Facebook group, The Powerhouse Musicians. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Lane, and you are a powerhouse musician.